Hey, can we welcome our Lancaster family right now live and those watching online? It's so great to have you. Welcome to X Church today. Hey, listen, uh, we care about you getting a vision for your life, including your finances. And so, listen, we have that event coming up. You just saw in that video, we, saw, we have this event called Financial Peace University. And if you've never heard of Dave Rams or anything, he's just kind of a leader when it comes to how to organize your finances in a way that can give you freedom. And I think none of us like the idea of being trapped by our finances, by bills and other things. And so we believe there's a better way to live our lives. And if that's just speaking to you, you're like, we came into a new year and you're like, there's some things I need to get on track. And one of them is our finances. Make sure you register for that event. It's coming up in February. You do not want to miss that, okay? And so if you're here today, let me just say we are in a series of conversations they started off the beginning of this new year, not just a new year, but a new decade. It's called 2020. It's all about getting real vision, 2020, getting real clarity for your life. And the question that I really want us to wrestle with this month is this. Do you have a vision for your life? Do you know where you're going? Do you know what it looks like? I think sometimes we've got a general feeling that we'd like our life to be good. But a lot of times we've never really thought about what's a clear vision for my life. Where am I going? What's it going to look like? And, and so I just wanted us as a, as a people to kind of say, we're going to live with vision. Because if you don't, here's what Proverbs 29, 18 says. And that's verse that kind of was kicking us off last week. And that is where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. And in other words, and you know this to be true in your life. When, when you don't have like a goal or direction or we're going to be there, then we end up going in, any, in every direction and never end up where we really want to be. And so we're learning to get vision in our life. And we're learning it through four steps. So if you're here last week, I kind of introduced these four steps that you see in front of you right here. These are the four steps. you got to be here every week because it's going to really help you develop a vision for your life. And last week we, we learned it. And let's maybe walk through them together. We're, we're going to learn to what? Seek God. Circle up, define it, and step out. Do it again. Everybody help me, including those in Lancaster. Say it out loud. We're going to seek God, circle up, define it, and step out. Now, we're walking through these things, and we're learning to get a vision, but instead of just getting a vision that I have on my own, we're coming up with my own. We learned this last week that you ought to stop for a season and ask God because God actually has a vision for your life. God has plans for you that are beyond what you could imagine. God loves you, and, and if we would just stop and pause for a little bit instead of going, okay, I'm going to become this, and I want to be married by the time I'm 26, and I want to have these kind of kids, and we're going to have a dog, and this dog's, you know. And if, instead of us coming up with all that, and that's great. God would love for you to have all that stuff. What does it look like for us to pause and say, God, I know you have the best plans for my life because you made me. Would you show me the plan that you have for my life? Because I don't want to spend five or ten years running in a direction that isn't where God wants me to go. And so we, we learned last week, we've got to stop and learn to seek God. Now, I don't know how many of you join with us, but I just encourage us, if there's any way to, to seek God, the best way to do it is through prayer and fasting. We kicked off 21 days of prayer and fasting on Monday. How many of you are surviving the fast right now? Are you alive? Are you doing it? Listen. The stories that, that I've heard from people for the first time ever trying something like fasting. Can I just tell you, fasting is not a diet, okay? Fasting is not just a way to be miserable for 21 days. Fasting is where you take something out of your life that you're used to so that you're saying, God, would you fill me with something new? And, and so that's what we're learning to do. And the stories I've already heard from people are fasting social media, fasting foods, fasting certain things. Uh, some people have told us they've never felt God this close to them ever before. 
Like, if you want to hear from God, then, then join us in this journey if you haven't already. Uh, just dive into it because it's incredible. And so last week we learned we're going to seek God, and we're in that process right now. Today I, I want to move on to the second step, and I want to ask you this question. Do you have a circle? Do you have a circle of people in your life? You know what I mean when I say circle, right? Do, do you got some people in your life that are so instrumental to you, they make a difference in your life? Do you have people around you that, that will pull you when you need pulled? Sometimes we need pulled. Do you have some people around you that will push you when you need pushed? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you just get to the edge of something. You're like, I just don't know if I can do it. And you just need a friend who will go, whoo, you know, and shove you over the edge because they believe in you. Do, do you have people like that? You know, one of the things that um, I've heard people say before when they get a little success, you know, and they get real proud of themselves. And they'll say, well, I'm a self-made man. I came from nothing, and look what I have. Or I, I just, I'm a self-made woman. Can I tell you that's one of the most arrogant things any of us could ever say? Because I don't stand here today as a self-made man. Yeah, I might work hard and I might have a vision, but I am who I am and I got to where I've been, on, not on my own, but because I had parents who invested in me, because I've had pastors who've led me, because I've had a spouse who's put up with me, because I've had people. You know what I'm talking about? You, you're not self-made. You, you've had people around you that care about you and love you and have, have maybe been a part of your journey. And so it's arrogant for us to think, I, I can do all this by myself. Can I just tell you this? God didn't design you to carry and to do life on your own. God didn't make us to do that. God didn't design you to fulfill some significant vision on your own. If you don't believe me, you take a look at the story when God first created mankind. Found in Genesis chapter 1. In this story where God's creating the first prototype, I like to think of, we, in church life we call him Adam, but, but the first prototype, when God created him, imagine he, he fashions a man out of the dust and, and, and he breathed into his nostrils the spirit so he came to life and imagine this first prototype standing there. I can only picture God going through his checklist with his little board and he's just like, okay, he's got a brain, okay, that works, uh, you know, he can talk, that works, okay, he's got a heart, that works, okay, he can walk, that works, you know, all this stuff, it all looks great. It's like, whoo, man, look at that, that is a gem, look what I just created. He said, everything is perfect except for one thing. And I know a lot of you have been in church, you've, you've heard this, but there's one thing missing from his life and it was People. In fact, he said these words. Let me read them to you in Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said this. He said, it is not good for the man to be what? Say it out loud. To be a? It's not good for you to be alone. God feels the same way about you. It's not good for you to be alone. He said this. I will make a helper suitable for him. God, God said, it's not good. You can't do life by yourself. You need help. I know some of you go, well, I don't need help. Like, I'm really smart, and I'm successful at work. And I'm, no, 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 no. You need help to build the right kind of vision in your life. You might be able to be successful in your business, but that doesn't mean it's the right vision for your life. You and I need help. And sometimes I've heard, I've heard Christians in the past say things like this, and it sounds so spiritual. It sounds great. They'll say, you know what? All I need is God. I just, give, I just need God, and that's so great. That sounds so spiritual, but it's so inaccurate. You need more than just God. I know that sounds awful, but the very first prototype that God created, he had a relationship with God, and God still said, there's something missing. You need someone, some people around you, and so God had to make helper to accomplish everything. Can I tell you this? You will never accomplish a God-sized vision by yourself. 
it won't happen. You need a circle. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how much money you make. I, I, I don't care how smart you are. You will never accomplish a God-sized vision. Now, you might be able to come up with, well, I, I, I want to be successful in my career. But, but I'm challenging you. Can you push beyond that? You, you're here for a greater purpose than just to make money. You're here for a greater purpose than just to have a, a great title. And to accomplish a God-sized vision, you need others. I'm, I'm going to say it this way. You need a circle. You need some circles. You need some people in your life. There's a power that comes in community that you cannot get by yourself. In fact, I want to show you this through a story. If you if you got a Bible with you, if you own one, uh, get it out if you would, or if you got an electronic device, and sometimes you follow that way. I like to say this. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. We'll give you one for free at our location. Just, just stop in Next Steps area and say, hey, can I have a Bible? We'd love to give you one. I just This is a year where I want to challenge you like in the season that we're in, hey, let's lean into God's word. Maybe you don't read the Bible ever on your own. Here's a perfect time. Start right now, okay? I, I want you to turn it on or open up to Genesis chapter 11. It's the first book in the Bible, okay? Genesis chapter 11 is one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Genesis 11, we're gonna read verses one through nine, okay, together. Do you have nine verses in you? I know it's a lot, but I figure you're fasting so you can handle it, all right? You're, you're alive. Genesis 11 all right, verses 1 through 9. It says this, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. How many think it was English? Raise your hand if you think it was. Okay, probably wasn't English. It says, As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and they settled there. And they began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. And then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This, they said, will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower that the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this... Nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. This is a moment where, where languages came to be in our history. They won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them. All over the world. I love this story because it's a story of vision. Can we all agree that if there's anything that this group of people had, it was vision? What was the vision? They were going to build a great city with a tower that reaches into the sky. This was their vision. And it was clear, and they all spoke the same language. They were all moving in the same direction. I mean, this is what you need to accomplish a vision. They're all going in the right direction, and so it seems they had vision. Now, here's the thing. If they had this vision, it was so great. What, what did we also notice? That when God saw it, that he actually came down and stopped it. That God opposed their vision. Listen, it's one thing to have a vision. It's another thing to have the right vision. We, we might develop, and many of you, maybe you already have a vision for your life. My challenge is this. Is it the right vision? We need to have the right vision, God's vision for our lives because otherwise God might oppose the very vision we want to build. And there are two unique things that I caught in this passage. Maybe you didn't see it, but 
that, that I think we need to be aware of when we're, we're coming up and we're asking God in a season, God, show me a vision for my marriage, show me a vision for our family, for our kids, for our finances. There's two things that are absolutely critical to getting the right vision. The first one is this. Your vision should not be about you. Let me back up and say it again because it's going to be really hard for you to take this. Your vision should not be about you. Come on, do me a favor. Turn to the person next to him and say, your vision should not be about you. Tell them. Come on, tell them. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them like your vision should not be about you. Now, I know that sounds weird because it's your vision. And it's your life. It's what I'm doing with my life. What do you mean it's not about me? Listen, it might be your vision, but it was never intended to be about you. They, they, they had a vision, but it was all about them. I don't know if you picked up on this, but what was their vision? They said, we're going to build such a great city. We're, we're going we're to make such a huge walls and a big tower. Here's what they said, that we're going to be famous. That's what they said. One translation says it this way, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Everybody's going to know about us and our city. And you know what's interesting to me? We could fast forward thousands of years later and all the technological advances that we've had over the years. And we land in the year 2020. And the truth is, even in our culture today, can I just tell you, do you know what is the most important thing? It seems today, and can I say this without, I'm not harping on it because I got kids, but the youngest generation coming up, it's all about being known. Know me. See me. I, I want to be known. I want to be popular. I want to be followed. I want to have friends. Think about the age of social media. That, that is a thing. Like, I, I just, I see this all the time with my daughter. as She's still in high school. And, and I see, like, in her, her circles and what it's like. It's all about being famous. We want to be insta-famous. I, I want to have all these followers. And if I could just get a blue check mark next to my name, oh, my gosh, my life would be so complete. And then all of a sudden, maybe you put out a video on TikTok, and now you're TikTok famous. And now you've got all these followers. And now you, i got to give my people content because they're, they're coming to me, and they love me. And then, so everything today is about being known. I want people to see me. Think about 20 years ago. This is interesting. The term selfie didn't even exist. Now we all have handheld devices that don't just have a lens on the other side, but facing us. And now we're all about building our own brand. Hey, listen, I'm all about God giving people influence. And it's great when you have a platform of influence where you can lead people, hopefully in the right direction. But the problem is too many people are all wanting to be known, but they don't have the character to support it. Can I just tell you that if you're a Christ follower, the only name that matters is not yours, but it's Jesus's name. His name is the only name that matters. We should not be building brands so that people see us, but so that we can give glory to God and him alone. It's about living your life. This is, a, this is when you get a vision for God. When you have a vision by yourself that's not from God, it'll usually be about yourself. They had a vision that was about themselves. Look at us. We're going to be famous. No one's going to leave. Everybody, everybody's going to be want, they're going to want to be us. They're going to want to be here. This is a vision. Can I tell you this? That a vision that is born out of pride will never be built by God. A vision that's all about us. It's about me. It's never something that God's going to get behind. God actually opposed the vision. Can I just say a God-given vision is one that is not about you, but it's about others. If you're trying to, well, I'm trying to get a vision for my marriage, let me, let me help you. Start 
with the other person. Okay, well, I, I, just want this, I want this in my marriage so that I can be happy. Stop. Start with the other person. That's the problem with many marriages today is that we go into it thinking, I'm in this so that you will make me happy, so you'll complete me, so you'll fill me. That's why I always say to young ladies, if a guy ever gets down on his knee that you fell in love with, pulls out a rock so shiny that it blinds you, and he says, will you make me the happiest man in the world? What do you do? You say, no, shut that box, throw it in his face, and you run away. I know you want it. I know you want to get married, and I know you'd love to marry that person. But if you say yes to that, then you better plan to spend the rest of your life making him happy. Because the moment you don't, guess what? It ain't going to go well. That's not what God intended for marriage. We need a vision for our lives that's not about me. Listen, parents, the moment you have kids, you learn that number one rule. No more is it about you, isn't it? It's about your kids. And it is because they consume your life and it's like, okay, it's what they want to eat and it's on their schedule and so I got to run them to this. It's not about us. This is what we discover. Can I say this? If you're a Christ follower without trying to offend you, when you come looking for a church that's going to make you happy, can I say this? Church isn't about you. Did I hurt anybody's feelings? I'm just checking. I'm pausing just to see if I let you get over it. Church is not about you. If you're a Christ follower, you've been called to be part of the church, the body of Christ. And the church exists for the world. And so let me just say, we got to stop coming to church with a consumer mindset that says, you're going to feed me and what do you have for me? And start being a contributor and say, I want to be part of the mission and help other people get on the path to God. Church is not about me. If you want to build a vision in your life, make sure it's not about you. Otherwise, God won't be on board. And the second thing is this, your vision should align with God's purpose. Is you're going to define a vision for your life, your family, listen, it should always align with God's purpose. Here was their problem. Their problem was this, we're going to build a city that's going to be so great no one will ever leave. That's what they said. We, we don't want to be scattered all over the place. We already did. We traveled and we found the perfect spots, the perfect spot. And we're going to build a city and a tower. And that way we won't be scattered all over the world. Here's the problem with that. The problem is that was in contradiction to what God said when he created the first prototype. When God created that first man and that first woman, when he started the population, when he started his creation, this was something he initiated. God looked at him and he said this. He said, be fruitful, multiply, and here's what he told him, fill the earth. At that time, God actually wanted to scatter mankind. And then even after the flood, he told Noah and his kids and their wives, fill the earth. This is what God wanted. And now here they are. They've come to a point where they got a vision, but it's, it's the opposite of what God really wants. Listen, as you're trying to discover a vision for your life, it should never contradict God's purpose. How do I know God's purpose? Start reading God's word. How do I know God's purpose? It's something that's going to align with his heart. God's heart is for people. If your vision's for yourself, it's to build something and to ignore people, I can tell you right now, it's not part of God's purpose. God has a purpose for all of us, and if we have a vision, it should align with that purpose. God cares about taking the, his message of grace to the world around us. Somewhere in that, your mission, your vision should lie. And so these are critical things, and listen, they had success, but then they had God who came and opposed them. In fact, God said something that was really fascinating to me. I kind of couldn't get past this because I'm thinking about the power of community. I was thinking about what God said in this one verse, verse 6. I don't know if you saw this. Maybe if you take notes, you'll, you'll underline or you'll, you'll go back to that verse. Let me, let me read verse 6 because this is so critical. Look, he said, this is God. 
the people are what? Everybody say that word. They are, come on, let's say it like we're in unity. They are, they're united. These people, they're, they're united and they all speak the same language. He said, after this, after they build the city and the tower, nothing they set out to do will be impossible. I want you to consider that they had a vision. They all spoke the same language. They had the same mindset. They were moving in one accord, going after one goal. I mean, this is, this is vision. This is how you do it. This is for every organization, every family, finances, everything. You got you to be on the same page, okay? Husband and wife comes finances. You got to be on the same page. You got to speak the same language. You gotta, they, they, they're moving in one direction, and they're moving. And God said this. They have such unity. There's so many of them together, and they have such unity, and they speak the same language. He said, after they build this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible. I want you to note this. They had the wrong vision, and yet God said that it was still possible to do anything because of the power of unity and community. God had to literally from heaven intervene and change their languages because he says nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. This is the power of community. And so when I ask the question, do you have a circle, I'm saying, do you have real community in your life? The real people that you're sharing and doing life with. Because they had a vision to build something. You're going to get a vision to build something. Here's what they built with. They built with bricks. I don't know if you caught this little note in in the scripture, because it's easy sometimes to overlook little things, but they're actually really significant. See, when they got to this plane, there wasn't like stone and all this stuff around quarries and things that they would, they would get rock from so that they could build stuff. That's how they built buildings or structures. But there was a technique that was developed, and we don't know if it was by them or others, but there was a technique that they came up with, which is you take mud and straw, and you pack it together, and you bake it in an oven, and you can make brick. That's how you make brick. It's really solid. You can build a lot with brick. Now, I, wanna, I want you to consider something. Consider that your life is like a brick. You're a brick. What were you, why you, you guys thought I was going to say something else. I was not going to start singing an inappropriate song in church, okay? I don't even know how you know that song. You ought to be ashamed. Anyways, so, so they had this brick. You, you have a brick, I want you to picture that your life is a brick. Can I ask you a simple question today? Because maybe we'll give every single person a brick. Actually, actually, this is a brick from our building project in Canal Winchester. So if you're, we're missing a brick, you'll know why I have it here. But um, can I ask you this question? What can you do with a single brick? Like if we say, we're going to give you a brick on your way out. You're probably going to say, well, thank you, because you're polite. But then you're going to leave, and it's going to be heavy, and you're going to stick it in your car. And you're going to think, what in the world do I do with a brick? Like, think about it. What are you going to do? You're going to take it home. You're going to look at it. And you're like, oh, that was so nice. They gave us a brick. But I, I don't know what to do. I can't build anything with a brick. I mean, you, you can use it as a paperweight. You can hold some stuff down. Outside, that will be good. Maybe you need to do that. Um, you, you, can, um, you can get in trouble with a brick. Some of you maybe have a record because of a brick. You know, you took a brick in your hand. You didn't know what to do with it, but you threw it through something and got in trouble. You can't do a lot with a brick. Okay, can I tell you something? You can't build a lot with a single brick. You can't build a great vision 
with a single brick. If your life is a brick, what I'm trying to say is you can't build something great by yourself. We, we can't build a vision by ourselves by a single brick. Can I, can I tell you this way? And because, listen, if there's anybody who understands this, can I tell you, it's me. I understand that because God gave me a very specific vision many, many years ago. And that was to start a church that was going to be different than anything I'd ever known. At that time, it was going to be start a church that was going to see people who are far from God find hope in Christ and get on the path to him. And God gave me his vision about making church not about me and what I like and, and the things that I, because I already believe, but making it a place where people who don't believe what I believe can feel like I can belong to a community and find hope and grace in Jesus. And God gave me this vision. Can I tell you this? If I were the only one building this vision, most of you would not be here. If you showed up at church because I invited you, nobody else. If you showed up and then I greeted you in the parking lot, yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But then I ran real fast over to the kids' area so I could check your kids in. And I put them in a room, but then I left them there because I had no one else. And I ran to the place so I could greet you and help you get a seat. And that was great. And then I ran to go turn the music on because I want to be dead when you show up. And then I ran up on the, on the platform and I started lead worship. At that point, a lot of you just left. And I just led you in worship. And that's great. But then there's no lyrics. So then every between songs, I'm going back and I'm putting an over. Y'all remember overhead projectors? How many are old school? And I got to go down and change the old because that's the only way we can do it by myself. And then I grab the microphone and then I'm going to preach to you. And then I'm also going to pay the bills. And then I'm also going to clean the space. And listen, if I did everything, there would be no church. But the reason this church is here today, and we've seen over 5,000 people place their faith in Jesus Christ through this church, and many, many, many baptized, and why we see ourselves the ability to give away hundreds of thousands of dollars every year with a vision of reaching thousands, giving away millions one day, is because hundreds and hundreds of you came alongside, and you brought your brick with my brick, and together we started building the church, the very thing that Jesus commissioned us to do. What can you build with a single brick? The answer is not much. You, you need a circle of bricks around you. I've got a circle. Come here, where's my circle? I've got a circle of bricks that I wanted to bring up. Can you do me a favor? Would you just give it up for my circle? This is my, this is my circle. Come on. It's my circle of bricks. You're a brick. You're a brick. This is, you, you need to get you a circle. See, I, I got a circle around me. I'm asking, do you have a circle around you? Because by myself, I'm just a brick. I can't do a whole lot. God said it's not good for you to be alone, so he'll make you a helper. You know you need help in life. I mean, you might try to do it all on your own, but I'm going to tell you this. You need some help because life is hard. You're going to go through some seasons where life gets ugly. How many have ever been through an ugly season? Think about it. Where it's just like everything you see is just sour. Everything you see just kind of is messed up. Some of you, you're, you're going through a place, you're in that right now. Can I tell you, this is when you need a circle of some people around you. If you need, you know what you need? You need to get you a pastor tray because you need something good to look at in your life. And so you get, a, you get a brick. Come on, give it up. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, I can say that in a purely platonic way and be okay with my manhood. But sometimes you need something or someone good to look at in your life. Hello? I'd have had my wife up here, but she just wasn't attending at this experience. She's serving at kids otherwise, okay? But you, you, need, you need some. Or, or maybe in your life, you, you might need a, a brick like Matt. 
Now let me tell you about Matt, okay? Because some of you, you couldn't fix a leaky faucet. You, you don't know how to get your house in order, but things break over time. Can I tell you, Matt knows how to fix everything. This dude's a fix-it man. He can fix anything, and if he doesn't know how to, he'll tell you he will, and then he'll go on YouTube and figure out how to fix it. And some of you need to get a friend like Matt in your life. Come on, give it up for Matt. He's somebody who can help you fix what you need that's broken in your life. Sometimes you need that. Or sometimes I found this, that life gets dull. Sometimes life is boring. Sometimes, sometimes life gets so hard and messed up that you just lose the joy of life. Sometimes you just need to laugh. And so if you need to laugh, you need to get you someone like Pastor Kevin because this dude will make you laugh. How many of you know this guy is funny? He's got the craziest sense of humor. If you, if you need to laugh in your life, Get you someone like Kevin in your life. He's always got a joke. In fact, we can't tell whenever he's saying anything serious. We can't figure it out on staff. We're sitting in meetings, and he's talking like, are you serious? No, wait, no, there's no way that could be serious. But I'm going to tell you this. I wouldn't want to do life without him. He makes life fun. you got to have some people in your circle that make life fun, right? And listen, you're going to go through life, and you're going to get married. You're going to have kids, and, and they're going to grow up. And just like me, I got married, my wife, and we've got two daughters, and they're amazing. And they're getting older and older, and they've been with me for a really long time. And one day you're going to wake up and say, I, what can I do to get some of these girls out of my house? <laughs> and when it comes to that point... You better pray that you can get you a hunter in your circle. Someone that'll come, come on, love you, man, and sweep your daughter off her feet. Someone that treats her right. Someone that loves Jesus. Someone that honors God. Someone that serves in church. Ladies, you want to find a real man? Find you someone like Hunter. I'm just so thankful to be able to have a future son-in-law like Hunter in my life. Come on, you need a circle in your life. You need people to surround you so that, listen, when you get some other people in your life, Life, guess what? All of a sudden, now I can build something. Now I can build, because I got some bricks in my life. Can I ask you, what can you build with a lot of bricks? You can start to build a house. You can maybe build a church. You can build a dream. You can build a vision. You can build marriage. Listen, you need a circle of people. Can you give it up for my circle? Come on, thank you, guys. Come on, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Get you a circle. Get, get you some bricks in your life. They will help you build a vision. I'm talking about the power of community. And today I, I wanted to ask you, who's in your circle? Right now, I just want you to think about it. Who are the people that are in your circle? Well, my, my spouse, you, that's great. God, God made marriage and so that you can have help every day. But one of the things I, I've discovered is that Sometimes we need people just to help even beyond our spouse. Like, who's in your circle that is full of faith that's going to push you when you're lagging behind spiritually? That's going to encourage you when you're discouraged? That's going to come alongside you when you say, I, I got this crazy feeling like maybe I'm supposed to do this with my life and I so weird for me to change directions this late in life and I, I've been serving in this job for 15 years but I really feel like maybe I'm supposed to do this. Who's going to come alongside you and encourage you with that? Because, listen, not all circles are created equal. 
And some of us are thinking about people that are maybe in our minds right now that we go, well, I, I have my, this family member and, and, I, and I see these guys at the gym and I, I've got these coworkers. And so, you know, we go get lunch every once in a while. And that's great. We need people like that, all types of people in our life. But you have to be careful who you let into your circle, circle. I need a lot of people, a big circle in my life, but there's some smaller circles that it's important who you let in. Because if you don't be careful and watching who you let into your life, some of you have some people really close to you that I, they're, they're people that I call vision vampires. Vision, you know what vision vampires? They're people who attach themselves to your life, but rather than feeding it, rather than encouraging it, they end up sucking life out of you. They end up sucking the vision out of you. They just suck in general because they, 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 they're, they're like leeches. They attach. And some of you have some people. I know some of you have family members like you can't get rid of them completely. But, but there's so much that you have to protect about your circle and about what you're trying to build and the vision in your life. Because you get the wrong people inside. I'm talking about negative people. Listen, there's negative people around. I want to love them too. But I'm not going to let all of them into my small circle. Because negative people will be the ones when you go, I just kind of feel like that we're going to get out of debt, maybe with the exception of our house in three years. And they're going to go, that's crazy. You're not going to do that. Or you're going to feel God prompt you to do I'm going to start a small group. It's like, what? You? You don't know enough. But there, there's people in your life that are going to, they're going to detract from the vision God wants to put in your life. You need to make sure you know who's in your circle. Take inventory of the people in your circle. Make sure you got the right. Can I say it to the young people in our church? Listen to me, young people, because I know you're automatically thrust around them in school and you build friendships with them, which is great. Be careful the ones you let in because it'll mess your life up. The people that you let into your life will determine where you end up in life. In fact, there's a phrase that maybe, maybe you've heard this before, some of you have, but it's true, and I can do it with accuracy. And it goes like this, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me the people you hang out with, I'll show you where you end up. And I, I just think this is so critical to know who's in your circle. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, He said, do not be misled. You get the wrong people in your circle, they might lead you in the wrong direction. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have people who need Jesus in your life. One of the greatest joys in my life are the people that I'm praying for, especially in the season, during the season of fasting and praying. I'm praying specifically uh, for people in my life that God has put that do not know him. We need those people. You need those people. You, you need to be loving on those people. You need to be praying for those people. You need to be, in a sense, in their life. It is so critical. But when it comes to the circle that's going to support the vision that God wants to build in your life, you've got to have the right kind of circle. And I would argue, I would argue the best circle that you can find is in the local church. I know you can get a circle at the gym. I got it. That's cool. I got some people I see at the gym all the time, too. I love them. I know you can get a circle at this club. I know you can get a circle that plays golf with you every Saturday morning. I know you can get a circle at work. I know that, that that's fine. That's great. But can I tell you that the most important circle that you could have in your life is found in the local church. Let me tell you why that is. Because we all speak the same language. It's not a language of judgment, not in this church anyways. It's a language of grace, and I need that in my life. It's a language of faith. 
It's a language of, listen, I know you might be where you are right now, but God's got a purpose for your life, and God's got hope for your life. I need those kind of people in my life. If there's any place to plant yourself, it's in the church because the church is full of vision. The church is a place that's going to inspire you. And when you get around other people who share a vision and a passion, and they're willing to step out in faith and give generously and build facilities and do whatever it takes to reach people, all of a sudden it starts to cause faith to well up inside of you. And all of a sudden you start to get a vision for your life. Well, if we as a church can do that, then maybe I can do this. And all of a sudden you begin to step into a vision that God has for you. If there's any place for you to get a real circle, it's in the church. And I know some of you, there's many of you, you say, well, I'm glad that's why I, I attend here. Can I just say this humbly and lovingly as, a, as your pastor? I'm not talking about attending church right now. Please hear me. I'm not talking about attending. I'm glad you attend. I love that you're here. I want for you to come back next week and hear the next part. I want you to come every week because I do believe if you get into an environment like this, it's going to encourage and build your faith. But I'm not talking about attending. In fact, when we attend church on Sunday or on Thursday, we come and we gather, but we sit in rows. I'm not talking about rows today. I'm talking about circles. I'm asking, do you have a circle in your life? Do you have people that are close? Do you know, we have circles that exist inside of this church that are far beyond just attending. There are small groups. And we believe so much in the power of doing life together. Listen, we don't have small groups because, well, I guess that's the thing you do if you go to this church. We do them because we believe that we cannot build a vision on our own. Because you're gonna go through some battles and you're gonna need some people who are gonna show up for you when you gotta go to the hospital. You're gonna need some people who are gonna show up when you're struggling financially because you just got laid off. You're gonna need some people who will pray for you because right now you're going through something that feels like hell. We have smuggled because we, we think that's the way God intended us to live life in community. And so we have an event coming up and I just, at your seat is a card. I'd I love for you maybe just to grab this card. It's got a big circle on the front, you can't miss it. And the question is, do you have a circle? If there's one thing I want you to leave church today with, it's that question. Do I have a circle? And we have an event coming up. We, we believe in this so much that we're revamping our small groups altogether. In fact, we're renaming them to circles because I believe in this. We're renaming them. I, we're, we're redesigning them. We're doing everything. This, if you are not currently in a circle, a small group in our church, we have an event coming up. We've never done this particular event the way we're doing it. We have an event coming up called Circle Up. It's coming up in February. And I just want to invite you and say, if, if you're here and you really sense that God's pressing into you right now as we begin a new year and you go, I, I guess I don't really have a connection beyond sitting in rows. I'm not on a serve team. That's a great circle, by the way. Go to XU. You need to. It'll change your life. But, but I'd love for you to get in a circle where you can find people to do life with. If you want to just fill that card out today, you can just slip it in Dropbox when you leave. That's it. We'll get in touch with you. We'll let you know about this event coming up in February. I, I just... I knew that as we talk about building a vision, I was thinking about my own life. I'm thinking about the church and what I feel like God's called me to do in the church. And I realized something. I'm not building this by myself. I'm building it with my circle, with you guys. And I thought if you're going to build a vision, we're going to build a vision in all areas of our life. We need a circle. We need some people to help us build something foundational. And oh, by the way, 
if Jesus needed circles, then so do we. Can I tell you something? Jesus, the Son of God, needed a circle. When Jesus came to this earth for us, he came and not only in a circle with his Father in heaven, not only connection with his Father, but Jesus gathered 12 young men to do life with. These young men, by the way, these young men are the ones that he built a vision. When he said, I'm gonna build the church, my church, and nothing's gonna stop. He built that vision with 12 bricks. That vision that you and I are a part of today, the church, was a vision that Jesus had and he built with 12 guys, really 11. One didn't make the cut. Sometimes you gotta cut some vision vampires out of your circle. That just came to me, that's so good. Judas was a vampire, he had to cut him out of the circle. We've gotta build on something solid and it takes relationships. Who in your life, Jesus had circles, he had 12, but he didn't just have 12, can I tell you this? He also had a smaller circle of three. Peter, James, and John, if you read through the gospel accounts, what you'll find is that Jesus would take these three with him to the most private moments of his life when not everybody else would see and he'd let down his guard and he would say this is how I'm struggling with the cross do you know he took Peter James and John with him when he got down and he prayed before he went to the cross this is Jesus if he needed support for the vision that he had come on we need it too don't we Hey man, I need a circle. I need you, you need me. And together, man, I just, I wanna see circles form. Let's build circles in this community. Amen, church? Hey man, come on, would you all stand to your feet and join me in prayer today? I believe the Spirit of God wants to speak to us. Would you bow your heads and just join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for sending Jesus for us. And God, we thank you for the example that Jesus came and that he had a circle, that he had some people in his life. And God, we need each other. You did not design us to do this by ourselves, but we need each other. And so God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit is speaking to every person here, Lancaster, watching online. Maybe if you're disconnected because you just go online and you don't have a circle, could I say you need to find a circle? If you don't live local to here, find a church where you can be in a circle. Because we need a circle. God, I need people in my life to push and to pull to, to help keep me accountable so I will continue to grow. But listen, church, as we're praying, I, I think there's one element to your circle in your life that you need, and that is you need a foundation. And that foundation should be Jesus. You want to know the first brick to lay in the vision for your life? His name is Jesus. He's the cornerstone of any vision that is worth following. And I just believe maybe there's some of you here today that, that you came to church, but not with the, not, not even thinking about how you need him. But right now in this moment, you're sensing the spirit of God drawing you, saying, I need a relationship with God through Jesus. That is the starting point for any vision. If you want a vision for your life, it starts with Jesus. It starts with him. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the one who came and he loved you so much that he died on a cross to pay the price and penalty for your sin and mine. And God raised him to, the li to, to new life so that you and I could know we can have new life with him. But it comes when you surrender. When you say, Jesus, I want you to be the foundation of my life. The foundation of this vision. There's some of you today, I wonder... It's time to pray that. It's time to make that decision. If that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just say these words? Say, Jesus, today I make you the foundation of my life. 
I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me new life. Today, I surrender my life completely and fully to you. Now, will you give me a vision for the life that you have for me? And I will start together. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we give it up for all those who prayed that prayer? Come on, let's just welcome them today to the family of God.